What is up, football fans? I am Jason Burgles for Sports Knot, and I have the pleasure of being joined by a woman that has covered my New York Giants for nearly three decades, people! She currently writes for Sports Illustrated's Giants Country and hosts the Locked On Giants podcast, and that, of course, is Patricia Trainer. Madam Trainer, thanks so much for the time today. Thanks for having me. It's great to meet you. So I have a bunch of questions, and I wanted to first... Uh, start off with which is a story that's really kind of taken over the offseason for the team and that's just kind of ongoing drama with Brian Dable, his coaching staff, all these different reports, all these these rumors and things. That fiery energy that seemed to endear him to fans last year when this winning season has seemingly kind of been a problem with his like assistance for the last couple of years. Um, maybe co- kind of cost him possibly head coaching jobs elsewhere before he went with the Giants. You've covered this team for a very long time. Did you ever hear weird things for a while about these kinds of same issues or were you kind of caught off guard by this report as well. No, I, I wouldn't say I was caught off guard. You know, look, the first year Dable was here, they were winning. So the great John Madden once said that winning is like a deodorant. It covers up a lot of stink. And when a team <laughs> isn't winning, frustrations tend to boil over. You know, yeah. tempers tend to get shorter. Pressure seems to get ratcheted up. Um, there were signs of, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, tension along the way, but it, we chalked it up pretty much to, okay, they're losing and the pressure's on. You know, because look, playing in the New York market, as you know, it's not easy. There's a lot of pressure to produce, and especially for a Giants team that, you know, hasn't really had a whole lot of s- successful seasons back-to-back. Yeah. So, you know, is Dable fiery? Yes. Does he have a temper? Absolutely. But you know what? It's probably not like any other business that that relies on results. I mean, it, yeah. you go to work every day. You know those. You know if you have a nine to five job or, or anybody, regardless if it's a nine to five job, is your boss always going to be sugary sweet to you? No, yeah. St- stuff's going to happen. So you either have the thick skin to say, okay, you know what, he's venting. You know, I'll let it roll off my back. Or if you decide you want to mutant, you know, create a mutiny, you can do that. Or if you just want to leave, you can leave. A recent report suggested that, like, these characteristics of Dables aren't new. And, 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 like I mentioned, maybe cost some jobs in the past before the Giants. Uh, and maybe it's scaring off some coaches from maybe joining the team and stuff like that. Should Giants fans kind of be worried then? Maybe they don't get the, the best defensive coordinator available. If, like, Mike Kafka leaves, maybe they don't get the best offensive coordinator available because there's, like, this building bad reputation about him, maybe warranted or not, that it, it, maybe coaches that are really good and qualified don't want to go work with them i don't think that's the case first off if mike kafka were to leave shea tierney will probably get promoted so you wouldn't have to worry about offensive coordinator now i know some people believe that denard wilson did not want to come to the giants because of you know the the allegations about dable's temper but could it be and i'm just i don't know this for a fact but i'm going to just throw this out there as another angle to think about Mm. Could it be that maybe Denard Wilson wanted to go to a team where he could assemble his own defensive assistance and not inherit somebody else's? Yeah. Could it be that, you know, 
Denard Wilson had have never worked with, you know, Andre Patterson and Jerome Henderson and uh, Igu, the uh, it's the linebackers coach and the other defensive assistants, and he would have felt better bringing in his own guys. That's a possibility. We don't know that. You know, could it have been money? I mean, it could be any number of things to automatically say, oh, it's Staples, you know, temperament. You know, I, I don't know that we could say that for sure. I, I get it. The evidence would point to that, but we don't know that, you know, to be absolutely 100% true. Do you think, but should, should Giants fans be worried maybe they don't get the guy, and not, if not for Denard, like somebody else? Like, you see all these coaches moving around, all these defensive this coordinators signing it, and the Giants haven't made that move. It's, should should fans be worried or not? Nah, it's just talk. I don't know if they should be worried. I mean, I would like to think that the candidate stable has already interviewed and been linked to are guys that he legitimately was interested in, that he feels can do the job. Now, I just put an article out on Giants country. The more I think about it, you know, I think Jerome Henderson, who's their DB coach, mm. might make sense. And I put an article out on Giants country today about that. That said, I believe that Wilson was the favorite. I, I would be stunned if Wilson, you know, hadn't been the guy, just based on the fact that, you know, what Joe Shane said at the combine, the, not the combine, the uh, senior bowl about wanting to potentially wrap things up by the end of the week. And, you know, the timing just kind of aligned with everything. So, you know, that said, look, coaches are going to turn guys down. You know, we can sit there and we can expect this to happen, that to happen and whatnot. But Things happen. Other opportunities pop up. And like I said, if you're Denard Wilson, you're a first-time defensive coordinator, you have a chance to go to a team and build your staff the way you want to so that you're successful. You know, that kind of makes sense if that indeed was the reason why he decided to go with Tennessee. Because of all of this, because it's now become very public and, and the fan base knows about it, the NFL world knows fully more about it. I mean, going into the offseason, it, it didn't seem like there was much pr pressure on Dable. They had a great year. They had a bad year. Okay, now you got to prove it. But there, there wasn't a hot seat per se. But because of all this, if he can't possibly change these characteristics, a lot like Tom Coughlin had to do years and years back, if he can't do these things and they have another rough year, is he kind of now, because of all this, on a hot seat that we didn't expect and he kind of really needs to get back to the playoffs of this year? Or maybe he's, he just becomes thought of as too toxic to keep around. I do think that he needs to get the team back to the playoffs. Now, you know, again, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but you also got to look at the circumstances. I mean, the injuries last year were just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Who saw that coming? You know, I know Joe Shane has pointed to the schedule, the start of the schedule, where they had, you know, what what's it, three games in 10 days. And, you know, look, the schedule is the schedule. You know, the Giants aren't the first team to have that type of schedule. They won't be the last. But that said, I do think that, you know, the Giants have to be better this year. I also want to say, you know, regarding Dable's temper, I would like to see him tone it down a little bit, if for no other reason, his health. Because, look, hmm. I appreciate that, you know, he's willing to get in the officials' faces when they, they mess up a call. But you can't keep popping your cork. That's not good for your health. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as one human to another, 
I would hope that he would learn to just know when to pop his cork and when not to. And I think I had asked him about that, actually. Uh, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. I asked him about popping off, and he kind of was amused by the question. And, and he said, yeah, I'm going to pop off. You know, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to him afterwards, I says, dude, you got to chill out, man, before you give yourself a heart attack, you know. <laughs> and he just kind of laughed about it. But, but seriously, I mean, if you keep blowing your stack over the tiniest little thing you're going to have health problems. So I will say that, you know, with regards to the, his temperament. Yeah. And if he can't stay cool under pressure, how can he expect his players to stay stay cool under pressure? So, but uh, another big story is kind of the future of Saquon Barkley. He, Barkley, he, he didn't have the same year he did it as he did in 2022 this past season, but that could be blamed on a really bad offensive line at times. QB play was a mess. Um, What's your gut tell you from, from covering this team, for so long covering his career with the team throughout it, do they re-sign or franchise tag him again? Or do they kind of, you know, take that risk, let him hit the the, the open market, see if if the decreasing value on running backs really is there, and maybe take that chance to maybe get him back for a more team-friendly deal? No, I don't think they they take that risk. I think what's going to happen, you know, I, I put a article out on Giants Country. I talked about how Barkley has streamlined his agency representation Rock Nation is no longer part of his negotiating team, according to NFLPA records. Hmm. So CAA, the agency that basically drove the deal last year with the Giants, that modified one-year franchise tag, Hmm. they are now his chief negotiators. And what I think is going to happen is, um, and and it's funny, I was just writing something about that for Giants Country too. Um, I think what's going to happen is Joe Shane had mentioned that they're going to talk to Barclays representatives at the Combine. The combine is the last week of February, the beginning of March. And I believe that the deadline for the tag is March 5th, if I want to say. Mm. So I think they're going to see if they can't get something going during that week leading up to that tag deadline. If they can't, if, you know, Saquon is dug in, you know, I've got to have X number of dollars and the Giants say, nope, we're not paying you. I could see a potential for a tag and trade, but I don't see them just letting him walk away because look, everybody who says, well, Saquon was their offense last year. Okay. Why would you let that guy walk away? Yes. You, you would get, you know, you might get comp picks the following year, but that's not going to help you this year. But if you can get some additional draft picks in a tag and trade and people say, Oh, well, nobody's going to trade for him. Well, there's, there was a report, um, Ryan leaf on, what was it, Good Morning Football, I think it was, said that, you know, he believes that Jim Harbaugh of the Chargers might be Mm -hmm. interested in Saquon Barkley. So don't tell me there wouldn't be a market for Saquon Barkley. I think some team out there would potentially want him. But if you're the Giants, you just don't, you know, let him walk away and not get something in return for him, especially if you're going to make the case that he was your offense last year. And that's a great point, like uh, about possibly a, a trade kind of thing too. Because even Cole Beasley <laughs> went on Twitter was talking about, oh, please go to the Cowboys. It'll be great to play here. You stick it to your old team. But because of that, I mean, he wasn't happy with the whole franchise thing last year. If it happens again, do you bring in a player that's kind of unhappy? That's a whole another thing. Or like, like does that kind of signal if they can't get a deal and he's franchise? It's probably highly likely they just move him before the season and try to maybe get draft picks before the draft. Yeah, I, I don't see the Giants carrying Saquon on, on the franchise tag like they did last year. I just don't see it. They don't have the, the money to do it. And, you know, look, they don't have comp picks coming to them. They are not projected to get any comp picks. Joe Shane likes to have pieces to move around. 
And out of respect to Saquon, I think, you know, if you can't get something done, if you know by the, the end of the tag deadline yeah. that just nothing's getting done, out of respect to him, you, you say to his agent, okay, you know what? This isn't going anywhere. We give you permission to go in and work out a trade with another team and bring the trade back to us. And if we like it, we'll, we'll sign off on it. If we don't, you know, we'll, we'll have you refine it. And you go from there. But you just, you don't string them along on the tag again. I, I totally agree with that. You know, show the guy some respect because I think he's earned it. This team has various needs going into the offseason. What do you think they target in free agency? And are there any big names fans should maybe expect they could go after <coughs> Mike Evans? Um, or, or are they just not in a financial position to really make any impactful signings? And the team should just, the fans should not really expect that to happen this offseason. I think they do have some financial resources to make one splash. I don't think they're going to go crazy. Mm. I think you have to look at the free agent market versus the draft. Can you get a number one receiver in the draft? I think you can. So do you really want to spend money on a, on a free agent receiver that's going to cost you an arm and a leg? When maybe you take that money and you get yourself an edge rusher, which this team desperately needs. Mm. Or maybe you take that and you get a veteran offensive lineman which this team desperately needs, you know? So I think you've got to pick and choose how you apply your resources in free agency. And if I were the Giants, the two spots I would look at heavily would be edge and, and maybe getting, you know, a backup, off, not a backup, a, a potential starting offensive lineman to help shore up what's basically a young group yeah. moving into uh, 2024. This team will have a, a high draft pick. Um, this year is a class with, I mean... Th- It'll get crazy as we get closer to the draft. So, but maybe five quarterbacks go in the first round. It's, it's that kind of a speculation that happens. Um, or in the second round. Unfortunately for them, they are in a weird spot where Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, kind of the odds-on top three quarterbacks in this class, could maybe go before they're on the clock. That's a possibility. If one does fall to them, in your opinion, is it a lock that they take one of those three, or do they have to, like you mentioned, go offensive line or edge rush or something like that uh, and keep Daniel Jones you know, as the future for the next couple of years? I don't know if it's a lock. You would think it would be because, you yeah. know, if you're going to take best player available and, and a quarterback is your best player available, then mm-hmm. you, you better do it. But that being said, I think what they do in free agency is going to give us a big clue as mm-hmm. to where they stand. And I say that because if they go and they spend – on an expensive backup, chances are that that's what they're, you know, they're going to go in that route and they're going to still have their faith in Daniel Jones. Now, I know a lot of people out there are like, the Giants got to move on from Daniel Jones. I get that. And we don't know that the Giants are going to be drafting this high again, you know, yeah. in 2025. So, you yeah. know, some people are of the opinion, strike while the iron's hot. Now, if I were making the decision and a quarterback fell to me, you know, fell at, at to six and I were making this decision, I would take that guy, and what I would try and do is, if Daniel Jones is healthy, I would start him for the you know the, the 2024 season, let him play out, you know, kind of like what happened with Eli Manning when he was acquired via trade. Remember, they didn't start him until I think it was yeah. week 10 of the season. Yeah. So just you know, get him ready. Let Daniel Jones put some stuff on tape, then maybe see if you can't move Daniel Jones the next year. To a team that's going to want a quarterback, you know, especially if Daniel Jones has a bounce back year and plays better. And for those of you who are thinking, oh, who's going to trade for Daniel Jones? You'd be yeah, surprised. People will. You'd be yep. surprised. Yep. Um, so, like, 
I don't know how close you are. I mean, or just a fan of college sports, but if two questions, one, if one of those three um, fell to the Giants, do you <laughs> have a preference and you, you'd like to see them get them? Or more likely, if it's May or Jaden Daniels, who would you prefer? Because it's probably be Caleb Williams one. Or should should the Giants maybe think about trading up to get a Caleb Williams who a lot of people really high on saying he's a can't-miss prospect? What are your thoughts? Like, trade up or do you have a preference between May or Jaden Daniels? I don't think I would trade up. This team has far too many needs to be given up yes. assets. I would not do a trade up. Um, if it came down to Drake May or Jaden Daniels, right now I'm probably leaning towards Drake May. Right now. I'm still doing you know, my homework on it. Um, <laughs> over on the Lachlan Giants podcast, which I hosted, um, I have on Monday's show, I'm going to have somebody talk. You know, actually, our, our Lachlan LSU host come on and talk about Jaden Daniels. I also have, you know, somebody going to come on from UNC to talk about Drake May. But based on what I, I have uncovered thus far in my research, I'm leaning towards Drake May. And I would say wow. if, if he's there at six, grab him. And I know some of you are going to say, hey, scared money, don't make money or something, you know, whatever the expression <laughs> is. But again, this team has far too many needs to be giving away assets. They are not one quarterback away. And I would rather see them build up. You know, get the offensive line fixed. Get the get a CB two. You know, mm -hmm. get an edge rusher. Don't give away valuable assets because you're going to have to give up not only your first round pick, but likely some of your second round picks yeah. to move up in the draft. And and these are picks that you can really get. You yeah. know, you, you've got what four picks in the in the top seventy. If you don't have home runs with those four picks, then what are we doing here? 